So this is our first recap episode for the Challenge Double Agents. We're going to be recapping episodes one and two together since they're already both out. We're a little bit behind on our recaps. And so I guess that's not a great way to start this thing. (laughs) We're already behind. Uh, You know, and it's... We'll be on schedule going forward. Yeah, we're just figuring this thing out, but we're glad y'all are here. And I say have some grace with us. We're we're figuring out how to <laughs> have good quality audio and, you know, even just our own rhythm with this. Yeah, yeah, we had to re-record our whole first episode because there was feedback on the whole thing um, and an echo. So um, hopefully you guys have listened to that. That first episode has all of our introductions to the people, our opinions and thoughts on the returning people and the new people that we, um, know a little bit about. Um, and then some of them that we know pretty much nothing about, uh, and we'll see how they fare in this challenge world, but, um, we're excited to get started on this recap today. So we'll start from the very beginning of the season and then move into episode too. Yeah, for sure. And just thanks for listening, you guys. This is this is going to be really fun for us. And um, I knew there'd be some growing pains. And but it's just it's fun to do this with you. And yeah. I was pretty anxious to start this. And I feel like you're just a better speaker off the cuff than I am. Um, but I, I we would be talking about this anyway. And I think it's <laughs> going to be fun uh, just to do this with you. Yeah, no, absolutely. So for those of you who don't know us personally, which at this point, not might not be that many of you, but and probably none of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scott and I are kind of yin and yang. I am like pretty outspoken. Was raised as like a theater kid. Um, like, I am kind of in the Bravo universe. I like the drama, the theatrics. Scott, on the other hand, um, was raised as like an athlete, and then is a very like cerebral philosophical human and maybe not philosophical but definitely cerebral um and thinks about things a lot so for me I'm like we don't need a script we don't need a plan let's just do (laughs) this and Scott's like we don't have a plan why don't we have an agenda um but I think it's part of what what makes us great um but also uh I think we're gonna learn along the way so as Scott said we're excited you're here and we're excited to talk the challenge with you and then starting next week as well we're gonna start with an introduction to Matt James women for this season of The Bachelor and then follow that up um the following week with a recap of Matt's first episode in the intro to Matt so very excited it's gonna be that. it's gonna be fun it will be fun mm-hmm. always think. one of our favorite discussions just blind judging people who are going to go on to a reality show having not met them at all just reading a few facts about them yes and the bios are always full of gold so I'll be very interested to see what's in these we haven't read the bios yet we're gonna blind go into it and discuss so um look forward to that but what we're here today for is our favorite people are back in our lives. TJ so Lavin is back in our lives. And this first episode is incredible. So let's check it out. Let's do that. So TJ Lavin is already the best host of pretty much anything on television. But this introduction was... Apologies to Chris Harrison. Yeah, sorry, Chris. But truly, we're here. These shots... Just put him at the top of the list by far. This opening intro was absolutely insane. It was like 
It was like five minutes long, first of all. Let's talk about it. It was so long. It was insanely long. You were making fun of me because I was like standing up, like getting so hyped <laughs> for TJ, are. who's just one of my favorite people. He's wearing this absurd turtleneck and this, this trench coat. Uh, well, first he's like in his lab, like yeah. <laughs> going over the map and yeah. Which like was also wrong. They were like they put Germany on like what's actually France on the map. I saw on Reddit, which like is first of all hysterical. Someone I mean, should that's pretty close that. for MTV. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, but it was like truly as if it were TJ's audition tape to replace Daniel Craig in the next Bond film. Like I know they haven't formally announced it yet, but I feel like that was his like film reel that he sent to the producers of the James Bond films just like to see like just it, there might be a chance although the rumor is that they call him 10 take TJ because he it usually takes him 10 takes to get it right so I'm not sure that's like budgetarily the best move for the production studio but I think uh, it could I, uh, I, I mean know. first of all I would I'm love compelled. it uh, I would just be I would be the first in line to the theater to see TJ would. as James Bond. I know you would. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think he could handle uh, being a real actor. No. <laughs> um, no. He's just a, he's a simple pro BMX rider who lives in Vegas and just enjoys his life and hosts the show once a year and travels to some exotic location. And then on the, all his interviews is trying to hype the show up for some Emmy nominations this year. Oh, yeah. Praising the cinematography, we're seeing all the drone shots, him I mean, walking shots? across the landscape of Iceland. Like, it was pretty impressive, actually, the for this show. Beautiful. Yeah, this show, which used to be this obviously low budget MTV show. And which you they, can now watch the like two of the early seasons, season 10 and 13 on Netflix. And if you watch like the first five minutes of that versus the first five minutes of this, just the TJ shots, like you can see what a completely different show it is. It's wild. And like that's kind of what makes the show so good. Um, TJ said this on an interview with Danny Pellegrino that we listened to a couple weeks ago, who's one of my favorites. Um, he just said like the show evolves every year and changes with the times and that's what makes it so compelling. And I think like they've really done that even since I've started watching where a lot of people refer to like the new era of this starting at season 30, which was Dirty 30. Mm -hmm. Like you can see how much the show's evolved even from then. So I don't know. These opening shots were like iconic, incredible. They clearly had so much fun with it and it was so beautiful. And, and like, I don't know, it should just be in a museum, like playing on a loop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What museum? Um, the Guggenheim. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the Guggenheim has made room for it already. <laughs> I'm not sure if the Guggenheim's taking visitors at this time due to the pandemic. And also because they're under construction to make a giant shrine to TJ's intro. I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. It's only fitting. No, truly. <laughs> <laughs> so, beyond I'm the sorry, Guggenheim... I will call her out on her nonsense <laughs> in the future. No, please don't. Um, so, beyond TJ's incredible intro, then we get everybody arriving... And TJ explains to them what the theme is this season. And the theme this season, as we said previously, is double agents. Mm hmm. Yeah, they all come piling in in these unmarked black SUVs. I know. And just waiting for TJ to show up. He 
lands in a helicopter and strolls up to them and gives him gives his double agent's monologue. I don't even know half the things he was talking about no. in his monologue. I, I assume it took him at least 10 takes to get that monologue correct. Potentially. And clearly no one in the, on this cast knew what he was talking about. No. But he it just eventually gets to the end that it's double agents. You're in a spy thriller. The challenges are called missions. And now you're going to get to pick your partner. Which well, sorry, not to, yet. But. Yeah, they <laughs> used to call them missions. And then, like, recently it's just been challenges. So they went back to mission again. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first partner season since War of the Worlds 1, which is season 33, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is the first partner challenge. The last challenge was individual. The challenge before that was a big team challenge. So mm-hmm. um, usually they cycle them in groups of three like that. Um, and so this is a partner's challenge that it's unveiled, but they don't know how they're going to choose partners or how that's going to go. They just dive, like, it was a very fast turnaround um, to get it. And maybe it just seemed that way because they broke the, like, character and house intro into episode zero. Right. And then they did this episode was just the challenge, which I thought was interesting. So maybe it just felt that fast that way. But they dove right into that first challenge. But, Scott, what mm-hmm. do you think about the theme? I like the theme. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it kind of fits with what MTV was doing with last season, kind of making it feel a little bit more retro, a little bit old school. Like the, obviously the filming quality is much better, but it does feel like the themes are pretty retro. Like this kind of feels like spy thriller, like Cold War era kind of concept. Um, so thematically I think that's fun. And then even like the soundtrack has been kind of like eighties and nineties music. Um, so for it's, the kind, it's pretty, in a row. yeah. So there's a lot of nostalgia there, and then just as far as gameplay, we're not really sure yet exactly how it's going to play out um, from this intro. But at least we know it's it's going to be pairs, and then there's obviously going to be with it being double agents. There's going to be ways for um, for people to double cross each other, maybe mix up their pairs, and I'm sure we'll be getting into that as it goes. Oh yeah, and there's always a twist. TJ always <laughs> has a twist in his back pocket, or yeah. two, or three. So I think it'll be interesting to see the way that plays out as well. Yeah, it's cool how much information he's withholding from the cast. So they're kind of, like, as we see in this first episode, like, Leroy and Cam come out guns blazing, trying to make these big power moves, and they don't even know all the rules of the game yet, and that Mm -hmm. comes back to bite them pretty quick. Yeah, (laughs) and I think one last thing that we should mention um, is that this was filmed in Iceland. Um, So that, I think, is, like... It made for really beautiful scenery, really cool, and they did a great job, like, keeping everybody safe. There is a club attached to the house, which is, like, really funny for them to film in. Um, So it was filmed in Iceland. And then this is, like, this year's cast, I feel like it's very, very fresh rookies and, like, a handful of, like, recent rookies, like, last season or one or two season people. And then very few, like, vet vets. Like, a lot of the classics besides CT and Wes. Like, I I guess Leroy's been on a couple seasons, but I don't necessarily think of him as, like, an OG, like, staple as much as I do, like, a Bananas or a 
Wes or a CT. Neither do I Cam. Um, and I guess Anise is there, but the, the balance of the cast, I feel like it's not in the OG's favor this year, just by looking at it. And I think that's going to create a really interesting dynamic for them to, the OGs to overcome. I think this is probably the most out of balance the OGs have been since War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds was like a fresh meat almost kind of season. Fresh meat was when they brought in a fresh group of people like many, many seasons ago. I think it was what, like season 11 or something um, Mm -hmm. was fresh meat. And they brought in all these new people that was what War of the Worlds was. They brought, but they brought in a bunch of pretty much British people um, from the MTV UK series. So it's true. It's going to be tough sledding for Wes and CT. Definitely is. Mm-hmm. All right. So, like I said, we just like really jump into this first mission. It's basically like, hey, welcome. TJ arrives on a helicopter. Here's the theme it's double agents. And ladies, you're up. Well, quick soundbite from Corey. It was like, we've got these all-stars from Survivor, Olympian <laughs> Lolo Jones, and Big Brother champion Josh. Oh, wait, not Josh is not important. Yeah, Josh doesn't matter. <laughs> and it was truly iconic because that's how pretty sure everybody feels. Like, I don't know one person who's, like, excited that Josh is there. Even, like, the contestants seem to like him, like, especially the girls. But, like, yeah, he just seems to be sense. like He seems to be everyone's friends, or everyone's friend, and... Like, Nani even likes him, which is bizarre to me. She calls him the best in the second episode. She's like, he's just the best. And I'm like, why? So I'm still confused. Yeah. But but Corey agrees with me. Yeah, Corey gets it. I can't decide if if I'm in good company with Corey or not, but... That's a great question. That's going to take some self-evaluation. I'll work on that. Um, But we get right into this ladies' competition. So basically what there is, is there's, like, this thing with a code on it like a color code and you have to go back to your little briefcase and put all the colors in order basically. But you have to get to this thing at the top of the mound and then like go back and memorize all these colors. So it is kind of like a weird challenge because that it being on the mound really has like almost no effect. Like it's incredible when the women start low, low gets up there and like three skips and a jump. Yeah, the gun goes off and she just, or the horn goes off, but she just explodes up this hill. And, and like, to be uh, fair, she's an Olympic hurdler. I suppose I should have expected it, but to, like, see it compared to everybody else trying to run up the hill, you're just like, oh, yeah, Olympians are not like us. Yes, and there's <laughs> there's also, like, not many women who are as tall as she is either. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of small women on this season, primarily. So it's, like, it really is just, like, massively unbalanced yeah but like you said the like the mound isn't high enough to where she can get far enough ahead that it matters because you have to like hold this cylinder that has the code on it and like memorize it and there's probably 20 different colors on this thing it's going to take you a good 30 seconds to memorize this whole thing and and by the time you're are just holding and looking at it people are tackling you so it's really just kind of a who's your friend their own colors like trying to remember it but Lolo has a friend in Nicole who is shouting the colors at her now. That would generally be helpful if you had someone shouting the colors in order at you. However, you have to be able to understand that person when they shout the colors at you. And unfortunately, 
Nicole and her accent are completely undetectable. No. And so she's shouting these colors at her. And I guess it's like, you also have to be on the same one. Like you also have to go in the same order and like, they're not communicating while Lolo's not like shouting back. Like what comes after the second blue? Like Nicole's just like shouting colors at her with her Staten Island accent. And we have no idea what she's saying. Yeah. It was very bizarre. Or also why were they working together in the first place? As ineffective as it was, was this Nicole being like, Hey, Lolo's clearly good. I want her to be my friend. Maybe. And it's never discussed if it was, like, premeditated. Like, there's no ITMs that say, like, Lolo and I decided to work together, which oftentimes you get. Right. Um, But it doesn't even help Lolo out. And I don't know if the producers thought they were going to stay on this mound longer than they would or if they were going to try to tackle it and take it away from one another. But really, they're all just, like, standing around in a circle, whispering and muttering colors to themselves and, like, running back. So... It's kind of anticlimactic in a way. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite challenge. And it was hard to film. Like, you couldn't tell who was winning ever. Like, and they just kind of keep cutting back to people, like, who are maybe close to it. And then they're yelling for TJ to check their progress. Uh, And the TJ check made no sense. Like, I kind of wanted it to be rigged up like a spy movie would be. Where, like, once they plugged in the final color, if it was right, it would explode. Not, like, TJ checking it and, like how in the hell does TJ know if it's right or not? Like, truly, he, like, looks and he's like, it's good, like, after looking at it for two seconds, like... Right, so, like, every time they yell check, did, like, the whole challenge, like, stop for 20 seconds? Yeah, <laughs> and they know. rested. I don't know, it was unclear based on production, but Anissa ends up winning, and when she wins, she has to, like, hit the button to make the smoke go off, and then the smoke is also very underwhelming. Like, they've they been spent over... All, they spent all the budget on the intro, so... Well, yeah, but, like, they've had a very large pyrotechnic budget over the last couple of years and so I really thought there was going to be some kind of explosion or something like that some fire we just got some like um baby gender reveal smoke. like smoke <laughs> it like looked okay. like a gender reveal smoke the bomb thing that they use that's all I could think of when it was going off and I was like I, I mean I guess the orange ones like are probably undervalued so that's why they grabbed the orange ones instead of the pink or blue but um they <laughs> oh it's the cheapest option I yeah see. it's the cheapest option the gotcha. orange one um and so anisa wins which is kind of a surprise to everyone because anisa's good at puzzles and that kind of thing but she she hasn't quite gotten in shape the last couple years no. and she clearly hasn't gotten any more in shape for this season Not that I don't think she's, like, a pretty good competitor, but, like, she had to do the CT thing, or I think she has to do the CT thing where, yeah, like, CT came in the last couple seasons with the dad bod, but he came back this year, and he's, like, in shape again. Like, she didn't quite get back in shape. No, not quite. So, yeah, she was definitely the underdog, and people were surprised that she pulled this off. Yeah, but they were excited. Like, CT was so hype when Anissa got it done. He was, like, so excited. And I was glad to see everybody was excited for it. Listen, we love Anissa. We stand Anissa in this house. Anissa's but, great. But, like, I don't know. It was just a surprise to everyone. So then we have the same competition, but for the guys. Yes. And the guys, I don't think, was there, like, a clear winner that made it up the hill? 
first or anything? Like uh, any was hard clear to standouts? Tell, it was hard to tell who made it to the top first. I think, didn't Michi like make it up the hill very quickly and grab it first? I couldn't tell. It was someone who was a little bit smaller, which made yeah. me think it was Michi or Jay. Yeah. And I couldn't tell, I couldn't quite tell who it was. But yeah. then it seemed like Corey had it pretty quick after that. Yeah. And the guys was like, seemed to go faster, but there was an iconic like forever moment of course involving ct so ct not only has the iconic moment of the bananas backpack from many seasons ago which if you don't know what that is just like go to youtube and google bananas backpack but he that will make you understand why ct is just revered in this household yes and so is ct is trying to pull someone grabs their shoe and then is like crap i have this shoe and just without looking throws it behind him when he throws it, he throws it at eye level and hits Wes square between the eyes. I mean, right between the eyes. It's right in his face. I thought TJ was going to pee his pants. Uh, you he almost was... peed your pants. And you were laughing so hard. It's true. I, it, I admit it, it. It was hysterical. It was an all-time great reality TV moment, truly. And they played it up a little bit weird with like the, the gif. Wes talking about him. He's going to be a gif for the Forever. rest of his life now. and. They replayed it a bunch of times, almost looking like a boomerang or something. Yes. Um, which kind of ruined it a little bit. I almost wanted it to oh, just be... Oh, it's so funny. I loved every moment of it. I just, like, I couldn't believe, like, how smooth the whole... Like, you couldn't write it. You couldn't make it happen. It just happened, and it was so funny. This delayed reaction, too. Like, it hit him in the face, and then, like, even before he, like, flopped backwards, it was like that half second realization like oh i just got hit in the face and then you flop <laughs> it was yes uh, it was priceless it I was very it. Funny. especially for someone like wes who's just so cocky cocky arrogant just put together like never gonna do something uncoordinated or embarrassing and just yeah he's very calculated so for him to get thrown off like that was so funny it was great but they finish i don't think nothing like crazy happens in the meantime during the challenge no, just kind of goes quickly seems like fessy pretty much dominated and Corey and nelson were helping fessy they're kind of his his alliance from last season yeah. and then it seemed like his ex big brother players were also helping him which was josh um so it's kind of a big crew there helping him out but he's also just seems to be stronger faster just more athletic than everybody there yeah so it wasn't really a surprise that he that he won no for sure so then from there we go back and they line everybody up again and they say the winner was obviously anisa and fessy and i think at this point they're thinking okay then we're both going to get to pick our partner but then tj goes well the overall winner by like a minute was Anissa and the twist is that only Anissa gets to pick a partner I love that and she picks Fessy which is a great pick because of his alliance and also his like intimidation factor for sure like he's clearly a great competitor and of course she wants him and he's kind of like annoyed and like all the guys are trying to avoid her and even Darrell's like pick me like Darrell has won four challenges in a row mm -hmm. that he was on. He's 40 years old, yeah. and he's still in tip-top shape. He has more abs than probably half the guys in the house. He's 40 mm -hmm. years old. Besides Nam. But. Besides Nam, yeah. <laughs> I said half the guys. That's fair. And um, I think, like, so she picks Fessy, and he's, like, kind of upset about it. Do you think Fessy was right to be annoyed, yes or no? No, 
Like, you can't be annoyed. Like, we don't even know what half the rules are of this yeah. yet. I and mean, all he's thinking about and all any of these new kids think about is who's going to be the best at endurance, at long-distance running, because mm-hmm. they think the only thing that matters is I get to the final with the best long-distance runner, and then I win. Yeah. And that is literally the last chapter of, like, a 20-chapter game. Mm-hmm. And you don't get there unless you win all the other stuff first and i think lolo says it best later in that episode she says when i train for the olympics i train for one sport when you come here like there's not just one thing you have to be good at there are so many different things and you you never know what they're going to be because they're different season after season some of the like elimination challenges are the same but generally the week-to-week competitions are different Mm -hmm. and so like you can't choose based off of one thing. You can make your best guess. And you need to choose someone who completes the parts of you that are weak. And I don't think everybody was thinking that way, which, like, we'll talk about. But, um, yeah. yeah. We kind of even did in our in our season preview. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was just kind of a, I don't know, just a weak look for Fessy. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get being frustrated. Anissa is not going to be good at long-distance running. I get it. Yeah. But, like, Fessy made it to the final last year, and he crapped out in the long distance run. Yeah. So, like, I don't know who he is to um, to be judging Anissa for that. Um, Anissa's made way more finals than he has. So. True. Very and, true. She has a lot under her belt. She knows what she's doing in mm-hmm. a lot of different ways. I mean, she does often get um, eliminated right before the final, which sucks for her, but she seems more determined than ever, and she's, like, more willing to play a dirty game and usually she's not um if you go back and watch the seasons on netflix she talks about in season 13 how like money is not worth her pride and i think like now that she's older and wiser that's fallen to the wayside a little bit this season okay so everybody gets into their partnerships we talked about partnerships in our episode zero recap so if you want to hear our opinions on those go back and listen to that Um, But let's talk about the alliances in the house. So I think the big, most overpowering and present um, alliance in the house this season is the Big Brother Alliance. So you have Josh, who's been on every season since War of the Worlds. So this is his um, third or fourth season. Actually, I misspoke earlier. War of the Worlds is season 32, I think. Um, And so this is his like third or fourth season. Casey and Fessy were both on last season, so this is their second season. And then there's a newbie, Amber B, um, who's on this season, who's a part, who has been brought into that alliance by Casey during their first kind of club night. Now, Leroy and Cam have found their way into that alliance because of their partnerships with Casey and Josh. And then Fessy is um, friends with and kind of part of the now old Young Bucks alliance, which is Corey and Nelson and so that's kind of like the big present alliance in the house and so while it's all these new newer younger fresh um alliances or like people in the house the OGs are kind of left out and so CT and Ashley get targeted right away now from a physical standpoint that shouldn't be too much of a problem for them but the way CT tries to wiggle his way out of it, CT's not great at politics. No, it's just 
either he intimidates you and then you agree with him immediately and it's good or he just kind of flounders over his words if mm-hmm. you push him on it or if he's really outnumbered yeah um, and clearly he is at this point which i don't think and i don't think he or wes expected the the target to be on them immediately and no. it just was right out of the gate and that's been kind of the trend the last couple of years besides them putting in jay over and over last season the last couple of years it has been take out the big heavyweights early like bananas and ct it's happened to them a couple times and so ct's speech doesn't go over particularly well during the deliberation time but here's what i think I don't think CT was wrong. And you and I, I think have hinted at this through this whole recording is you don't know the rules yet. So don't make, you have time to make a ballsy move next week. Like clearly the numbers are in your favor. If you're looking around at the people around you and you're associated with the big brother alliance. So maybe throw in a pair of rookies now, which I'm glad it's not Gabby and Leo because I like them and I want them to stick around. But throw in a pair of rookies first. Like, I'm thinking Michi and Liv is another pair of rookies that they could have just as easily have thrown in, Mm -hmm. right? And so I don't think CT's wrong. I think you need to learn what the rules are and wait till the end of episode one to, like, (laughs) make a crazy move like that. Yeah, and that just, I mean, it... It's the difference between this show and a show like Big Brother. Mm-hmm. Like, in Big Brother, it's typically everybody's first time playing the game when yeah. they show up in the house. So usually there's a big a clique that forms, and as soon as, like, a clique that is big enough to have a majority, the house just kind of falls in line. Yeah. Um, but when you have people like Wes and CT and Darrell and Leroy and Teresa, and, like, these people who've played this game five, six, ten, twelve times, they're not unfamiliar with how to flip the house, even yeah. if they don't have the numbers. Yeah. Like, they know how to, like, uh, strategize and, you know, make deals with one or, one or two key people who can swing the whole, uh, who can swing the whole ha- the house vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just, I don't think Fessy and Corey and Casey are expecting a lot of resistance. They just kind of get the ball rolling. And then even Cam and Leroy really get the ball rolling, yeah, too. Yeah, they really go for it. And in this first episode, there there's not a ton of resistance. But again, uh, you're right about what CT says. He's not wrong. He does get voted in, but he's... The uh, delivery is not great, but he's mm-hmm. not wrong with the content. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, the House votes in CT and Ashley. And the twist about the voting, so they discuss it publicly, they vote privately, but then the double agents are able to see who voted for who. Um, yeah, this is huge. Yeah. And the fact that they don't tell anybody is yeah. wild. So then they go to the crater. So the crater, every year they name the elimination place something absurd a couple years ago it was the killing floor um the killing floor just like stands out the most because that was so absurd um (laughs) it was just such a kooky name but this year it's called the crater and honestly i think it's like the coolest place even lolo's like i've competed in a lot of places and this is like the coolest place i've ever seen the setting is nuts and ct's getting hyped because he's obviously going into elimination and he's walking through the smoke and you can just he in his interview he's getting just so pumped to be down and he there. talks about it, he's like it's dark it's smoky and i thought truly like vintage ct would have like talked about how comfortable he is in dark smoky places i felt like i felt like that was coming like 
a reference oh, some, to how comfortable some shady he is. Boston sidebar. That yeah, <laughs> but that didn't come, and I was like sad. Um, I did want to hear like smoke on the water though, or something. But <laughs> that, that actually, was probably too expensive. That would have been yeah. The the rights might have been expensive, but that would have been really cool. So they go there, um, and it's all lit up, and then they show on the screen that Ashley and CT have been voted in, and then Fessy and Anissa have the option to put someone in, and they decide to put in Wes and Natalie from Survivor. Um, but then, once they get down there, TJ reveals this Big is, twist from TJ. Yeah, this is not a um, duo competition or elimination. This is just a women's elimination. Now... Some people think that... Some people being Reddit? Is that what you're going with? No, just like a lot of people. I feel like everybody I've heard discuss this thinks that like the producers did it just to keep Wes and CT. But honestly, they must have had this format outlined. The most they did was take it from a guy's elimination to a girl's elimination. But when you look at the elimination, I just like don't see that as a men's elimination like I don't see them having men do this rope thing they do more like headbangers for the men these kind of eliminations are really done for the women from what I've seen historically am I wrong on that like I don't look at that elimination and be like oh yeah they definitely changed it from a men's elimination to a women's like I look at it and go this is something they've done this game before I remember watching Leroy do it Okay. Um, it wasn't on like metal beams uh-huh. that they did this time that they lit on fire and yeah. everything else that they did. It was on like cylindrical logs almost. Okay. Which like Leroy just made it look so easy. He's so tall. Uh, yeah, in some way, and he just like uh, maybe just because it was on a more cylindrical beam instead yeah. of that the, square beam. A square. It was just much easier to slide the rope across, and they didn't have that little bump in the middle that oh, was okay. really hard for them to get over. Um, but they did it as like a relay race, basically, um, with a men, uh, male and female pair. Mm-hmm. So they had four logs up there to go. Okay. Um, but it, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if production changed just to yeah. keep CT and Wes in. I hope not. Um, but I understand why people would say that. Yeah, no, for sure. And especially like that would have thrown off the balance so much more significantly in the house with the OGs and the new people if one of them would have been gone this first week. It doesn't as much with Ashley gone, plus I don't mind. I find her relatively irritating. She was so fired up. I know we've talked a lot about like CT and Wes feeling weird that they were targeted this early. Ashley obviously was... Fired up. Very fired up that she was targeted this early. And so you can't really tell. They did a pretty good job production or post-production did with um, the editing. And they... Obviously, Natalie got stuck on that little hump they put in the middle, but Ashley was able to get over it first. But other than that, like, Natalie just completely dominated she this thing. Her. You can see yeah. in a quick shot at the end how much further ahead she was. And so then after that, Ashley gets at home. She's obviously very upset. Um, but now it's like, okay, what do we do with CT? And TJ reveals probably the biggest twist of the season yet that Natalie can choose to stay with her partner, Wes choose ct or infiltrate is that the word they yes, use yes infiltrate any of the other partnerships except for whomever the double agent is that week so this week it was fessy and anisa yeah, so this and is we're the, left on a cliffhanger it is a big cliffhanger but this is going to change how they do 
nominations and eliminations for the how people strategize for it for the rest of the show. Yeah, and I guess because on one hand you have to go into elimination to get a gold skull. Yeah, we There's haven't only really talked spots. about that. Is that gold skulls you have to win an elimination to get in and this year unlike last year there's only 10 to mm-hmm. be earned and we don't know if once they hit 10 the season's done and if you don't have one you're going home or if they'll keep doing it and you can steal them off of someone or how that'll yeah. work out but All you we know do is, have to win yeah we just know that there are 19 episodes scheduled for the season mm-hmm. so we can probably try and figure it out from that as it goes along yeah but, but overall we don't know so on the one hand, you have to strategize to find your way into elimination against the weakest opponent possible yeah. is going to be, on one hand, what you're trying to do to get your gold skull. But then on the other hand, you don't want to send the wrong person in who you're allied against, or something, who they can win, and then they can infiltrate and break up your your pair, your partnership, your alliance, Um so, yeah, two different things to think about with who you're going to send into elimination and when you yourself want to go in there as well. Yeah. So um, that's where they leave us off on episode one. So now we'll jump into what happens in episode two. At the beginning of episode two, they go back, talk about the reveal of the switching partners twist, and we have to see what Natalie's decision is. And ultimately, Natalie decides to stick with Wes. Is this a smart move? I don't know. I mean, she says she's gonna pl- she's gonna stay loyal. She's not about she's loyal, babes. <laughs> Says Alex, quoting Love Island. Love Island, season four, Georgia, the worst Georgia. Better Georgia was on the challenge already. Lots of opinions on Georgia from Love Island. Yes, multiple Georgias. On Alex's other podcasts, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, those will come. <laughs> so, um, what do you think? Do you think it's a good decision? Um, from my bias, I think yes, just because I enjoy Wes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do still think highly of his ability to get at least halfway through this game. And, um, like, and I think Natalie, at this point, she has her gold skull. And doesn't really need to worry that much about eliminations. And, but what she does need to worry about right now is friends. Yeah. And if she just blew up an alliance by switching as soon as this twist was revealed, I don't think it would have gone over that well. Yeah, I didn't think about that side. I know people critiqued her. Like, Lolo comes in with her confessional immediately. Like, hey, you're down there because of Wes. Switch partners. But, like, who could she have taken? Like, if she takes Corey, then Tori's upset at her. If she takes, and I guess she could have taken Nelson, but even if Nelson has more numbers, he's not better to have on your team than Wes is. Yeah, and I think, like, her and Wes play a similar political game. They, like, both clearly think in similar ways, as we see during the deliberation Mm -hmm. um, later in the episode. And I guess her other option would be to take CT and not break up any alliances, but I think... Yeah, she could have done that. Like, I think there's an equal target on both Wes and CT's backs. And, like, I just don't know if she gains that much more by picking up CT. And so I do think she made the right decision in the moment. I think the loyalty thing is going to be big for her. I think she's comfortable with him. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I hadn't thought about, like, the consequences of breaking up another one of the partnerships. So, yeah. like, if she takes Darrell, 
she makes an enemy out of Amber, which makes an enemy out of all of Big Brother. If she, yeah. like, there aren't a lot of great options. Mm-mm. And Wes covers more of her weaknesses than CT does. Yeah, very so, true. Uh, but that makes... I thought it made sense. Yeah, I agree. That makes CT the rogue agent. So what that means is after the next elimination, whichever woman is available, he's going to be able to partner with. Um, so that could come by way of whomever goes home, that partner could pick him instead or if things really get switched up you know that leaves him available so um we'll see the cause and effect of that later on yeah and it just kind of gives him a free week to do some damage control which yes. he jumps kind of right into as soon as they get back to the yeah house. because he can't compete in the next challenge mm-hmm. at all he has to sit it out so um that so, yeah. results so in he's not C- a threat to anybody so he can just kind of go around and yeah uh, hopefully re rebuild some bridges yeah hopefully mm-hmm. um so he first starts by trying to rebuild the bridge to cam and kind of slides in and is like hey cam how you doing would be great to be partnered with you basically and josh is standing right there which i also loved because ct is just like so wildly unthreatened by josh like the rest of us <laughs> it was hilarious and ct did do his little like he just came in all cute and charming for Cam, too, which CT does it really... It was real for someone vintage, vintage CT, because yeah. he's charming like that. For someone who's so, like, big and imposing, like, he can play that card really well, and it, like, it worked on Cam. Like, it didn't, like, fully work on Cam, obviously, but... Well, she wasn't going to show if it did or didn't. No, but it certainly didn't, um, it definitely started them down the road on being like, hey, we can still communicate. We yeah. can be friends going forward. And then Josh tried to come in and puff out his chest in just a really embarrassing fashion. Yeah. So. And was like, she would never leave me. And it's like, meh, maybe. Yeah. Um, That's what we call foreshadowing. Yeah. And then Wes says he's going back to the whiteboard. And I just, I would really like to know <laughs> what is on Wes's whiteboard besides, like, just a bunch of rookies' names and, like, I feel like it kind of looks like that meme from, is it It's Always Sunny, where he like looks like he's going crazy, or what show oh, is it? Oh, Charlie in the Mail Room? Yes. Yeah, I feel like yes. that's like what Wes's whiteboard looks like when Wes is not I on the challenge. Saw like the, the different colored ribbons like going everywhere. Yes, like string everywhere. And smoking like, Yes, inside. and post-its yeah. and all uh-huh. the things of like every reality tv show and the people who he thinks are going to be cast on it in the dms that he <laughs> sent them like that's what i imagine is on wes's yeah. whiteboard it's either that or it's um uh, his notes for his next beta blocks board meeting true um so yeah if you want a fun google deep dive on wes uh beta blocks is his startup incubator in kansas city it's pretty hysterical yeah and as a result of him helping start this incubator he claims he owns like over 300 companies yes not exactly true, probably but... like very like small and in, fa- in fairness to us like he, he's clearly done better off of this show than most of the cast members yes have. yeah but um so as Darrell will point out for us later um real ballers don't actually talk about how rich they are very true yeah. so then we get this like super cut of everybody working out in this like insane outdoor gym like men and women just like lifting heavy stuff working out running all the things and then we get a cut to joseph doing his pilates hundreds 
in the living room on the and floor. I feel like and it's a bit of an insult to everyone who does Pilates. Like, truly, I they were the most weak Pilates. But he's like, I do a thousand. He did a thousand and in I'm that like, circuit. But if it's like a quarter of a crunch, you're really only doing 250. Like, hundreds are hard, don't get me wrong. I bet you he has a, a, a great core. But, like, he's saying he's doing a thousand. It's not like he's doing a thousand sit-ups. He's, like, doing a thousand, like, tenth of a sit-ups. Yeah, which comes out to almost to a, one. Yeah, yeah, it's basically one. Yeah, or as Big T would say, he's just doing the WAP dance. Yeah, it, it, yeah. <laughs> which I was like, oh. Big T be, if Big T is wildly unimpressed with your athletic prowess, you have none. Well, and also I like that because it gave me, like, a time frame in which this was filmed. So they left for filming at the end of August. Oh, that's a good point. And I, like, was like, oh, the WAP dance, like, existed to them. Like, they knew that there were some hoes in this house before they left. <laughs> and that, that was important. That was great context for me. So and that honestly, line was actually about the challenge house, yeah. probably. <laughs> and so Joseph's, like, doing this, like, everybody's eating breakfast and he's, like, doing this silly ab workout on the floor. Leroy just and, like, dunks not reading all a room. over him. Yeah, he's just not reading the room. That Like, maybe he should go somewhere else besides the living room and do this. That's a good point, yeah. That just emphasized how, like, out of it socially he was, too. Yeah, he just, like, this whole episode just showed he just, like, thinks he's so much smarter than everybody here, but not in a, like, entertaining and cocky way, like a Wes or, mm-hmm. um, you know, other people that have been on the show in the past. I was thinking about, like, Beth with the old seasons that we're watching on Netflix. But, <laughs> sure. like, he thinks he's so much smarter and so philosophical, and even Big T mentions it. But really, he just, like, is doing dumb stuff. She makes fun of him. She's like, this isn't a psychology degree. This isn't, like, Psych 101 at your local university. This is the challenge. So, anyway, so Joseph We do get a lot of Joseph this episode, which made me, like, from the jump, I was like, oh, Joseph's going to last a long time in the show, or this is the elimination edit. Well, and I hope that they don't bring him back. Like, I just don't think he adds anything. I don't think anybody wants to work with him. So I just, I really hope we don't have him back, honestly. Which, I guess that's kind of a spoiler. He does get eliminated at the end of the episode, but you probably already know that. So, like, I just hope he doesn't come back. But, so we get a lot of talk this episode also about people switching partners. So the major conversations we see... Our Nani saying that she wants another partner. She talks to Fessy about it eventually in the episode. But in the same way, shortly after CT goes and talks to Cam, he goes to his room and is talking to Kyle. And Kyle says, don't take Nani. And CT says, fine. That's fine with me. Now, Big T... Shots at Nani. I, yeah. I didn't enjoy that. Yeah. I think Nani's kind of underrated in some ways, but we'll see. Um, Big T talks a lot about not wanting to work with Jay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, she never remembers his name. Yeah, whatever Jay <laughs> name she's picked in the moment. And then Cam and Nicole, during a conversation with Nani, say both say that they don't want to switch partners ever. Nicole says she doesn't want to switch partners through the whole thing. Cam says she doesn't want to switch. This is when Nani says Josh is the best, which is incorrect. And so we get a lot of talk about wanting and not wanting to switch partners, which I think is interesting. Yeah, I think we'll get a lot of that over the next couple episodes as they try and figure out how this is all going to shake out. Yeah. And then the other, like, kind of social thing we see happen during this episode 
is a nom is hot montage. Just everybody, men, women, children, generations of people speaking about how good looking nom is. And they're not wrong. They're not wrong. He's a very good looking man. That's true. And from our field research from Ultimate Beastmaster, we learned that he eats, what was it, 200 calories a day or something absurd he sorry 200 grams grams of carbs carbs. yeah because he was like i can only eat one banana a day and then i get my allotted amount of carbs yeah he like doesn't eat a carb so clearly it's working so like but it sounds brutal yeah it, it sounds terrible he's basically like an orange county housewife like he doesn't eat carbs works out constantly barely speaks english yeah like imported in mm-hmm. like but you know what we're glad to have you nom you're great to look at he's just working out all the other guys are working out and then just like as they pan around just more and more women are just like sitting in bikinis watching him lolo's in the hot tub for some reason amber b is just tanning and she's it's tanning approximately 50 degrees in iceland yes yeah, right so scott and i did some more field research <laughs> we're doing it for the people and so we looked up the average temperature in fahrenheit in iceland at this time of year and it basically ranges from like 50 degrees to like 40 degrees that's kind of the average so that's like really cold to be in a bathing suit it's a bold choice they must have a heater out there in the gym somewhere maybe i don't know yeah because even the gym being outdoors is like kind of curious but they didn't leave for filming so they quarantined in mid-august but they didn't leave for filming until august 30th according to the internet so I don't know. It was just very curious, but women in bikinis are flocking to Nam, posing. Lolo is like, so Lolo does show like a little bit of her desperate colors in this moment because she's like, stop looking at Amber B and look at me because Amber was also there in a bathing suit. And so I think like you're, you're seeing a little bit of Lolo's crazy. A little bit. And Nam just did not know what to do. No, not a clue. I don't know if it was language barrier or if, it's just Nam's personality because he spends all his time in the gym and not flirting with women. But he just did not have a lot of game. Jay was trying to play wingman for him. Yeah, Jay did Jay an admirable trying. job. Um, and maybe Nam will be able to close the deal later on. We'll maybe. see. But that's where we stand at the moment. So this mission is called Ice Spy, which was a nice play on words. I did enjoy it. So Oh, I missed the name of it. Yeah, Ice uh-huh. Spy. Gotcha. But yeah, we're um, jumping into the first mission here. Yeah, so they have to basically swim to this little barge, get these kills that are frozen in a block of ice, bring them back, break the ice down, and then put the kill in. Everybody has like a pillar that has three holes in it. They have to put it in there. Once you get three, you're out. This so an interesting challenge for the producers to do this early in the show because yeah. it it forces all the teams to kind of show their cards as far as who they're aligned with. Um, And that kind of gets interesting like halfway through once the big alliance has eliminated um, all like the... The little guys per se. Yeah, all the kind of floating players who haven't made an alliance yet. Yeah. Um, And then they kind of... That alliance kind of eats itself halfway through this this challenge, which which was cool to see. No, for sure. So let's talk about some of the highlights. So before we even get started in the challenge we get two really good quotes we get nelson's second nickname for himself so last episode we had double o nelly t which didn't really roll off the tongue and now we have scuba nelly 
Yeah, we do. We'll keep a running tally throughout the season. How many aliases um, for our buddy Nelson that he goes by? It's probably very. And how many confusing. different hairstyles? Because usually he has like six different hats. Sometimes an afro. Yeah. Sometimes not. He always goes for different looks, but um, like. But now we get Scuba Nelly, who's been practicing his swimming. He's ready. And like Nelly is really trying to come. Nelly T is really trying to come <laughs> for actual Nelly's brand. <laughs> yeah. And I just, it's just not going to go well because Nelson is like not nearly as smooth as he thinks he is. I think he's a sweet man, but he is just not that smooth. And he's never going to replace like, if you want to come and take a ride with me, Nelly, just not going to happen. And he's really coming for that brand. I think he needs to cool it. So maybe he'll have the Band-Aid next episode. Yeah, we'll see with the Band-Aid so on He does sheet. rebrand pretty much every episode. So yeah, so we'll makes see. Makes it hard for merch. But <laughs> we've talked about Nelly with merch before. Yeah, so. we'll have to help him brand. So then the other great quote we get is Nicole <laughs> saying, me. are we going to have to drag like 70 pounds of ice through the water while we swim? And Wes looks at her and is like, Nicole, ice floats. Like, it's going to float. You just have to pull it along. And she's like, no. And they're like, haven't you ever had a glass of ice water where the ice floats in the water that you're drinking? And she was like... like, Also, if you look into this water we're about to swim through, there are floating ice blocks already in it. I was just kidding. (laughs) She was was not kidding. kidding. She was not kidding. It was honestly very funny. I appreciated it because I probably would have thought the same thing for like a hot second but i think i would have realized it before i said something out loud or at least i hope i would Uh, me too okay so then we get into the challenge so everybody targets wes and natalie first they're out before pretty much they can even break their own block open they go after some other people um and then everybody realizes that nobody's putting any kills in fessy and anisa's column Mm -hmm. thing and so people don't know if that's because he's working with everyone or if they're intimidated. Even TJ notices it and yeah. is calling it out. So I don't know. I thought that yeah, was... Nobody wanted to be the first to do it. Yeah. It's like, are they that scared already? Or do they not want Fessy... Do they want Fessy to win so he doesn't have a chance to go down into the elimination to get a gold skull this early? But if he wins, he can choose to do that if he wants to. So Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to be interested to see if... I don't know if they're playing a scared game or an ignorant game. Like we said earlier in the episode, like, there's so many newer people to this game. And they're just... They made such a big move in the first episode and it didn't go well for them. And so I wonder if it's, like, affecting their decision-making this round. Uh, for sure. And, like, this is the first time... Like, last season, this is the first time that this group of people has this kind of numbers. Mm-hmm. And Like, last season, Fessy was a rookie and was kind of, like, the guy with all the potential. Mm-hmm. And now he's the most athletic guy on a big alliance. Yeah. And so I think they all just kind of, by default, are like, okay, you're in charge. And he's clearly not comfortable being in charge. Yeah. And But I think, like, the actual masterminds of this alliance, which is probably Casey is perfectly fine with him being in front of everybody. Yeah. And I think she's just kind of going to be like, just going to coast along. Well, if I was part of the Alliance, I would have put one of my kills in his column just to, and then afterwards have the conversation with him. Like, listen, yeah, I did that. But everybody was starting to notice that you didn't have one in there. And so I wanted to just, if you had at least one, people would ask 
less questions than they will at the end of this. So I know I did that. It was nothing personal. It was actually to help you and get in their good graces that way. That would have been my move personally, but... but Clearly, they're just not all on the same page. Like, this wasn't a hard thing to, like, strategize. No. And the fact that they couldn't get it together, like, I think gives Wes a lot of confidence, and we'll see in the next couple scenes when they get back to the house. Um, He's pretty confident that he can turn things around for him. Yeah. And then we have just, like, one other scene so michi keeps talking through this whole thing about how cold this water is and then we see that gives a great sound bite i'm oh he gives a great he's growing on me oh yeah for sure i really like michi so far but in the middle of the challenge unverified if it was actual science in his body or not but he's like my arms stopped working my legs stopped working and he's literally catching hypothermia like in the water and they drag him out and wes wes drags or fessy and wes drag him out which like let's be honest like huge kudos to them because they stopped the competition to like help him out like they didn't have to do that and they very actively chose to like stop and help get him out of the water and make sure he got the medical attention that he needed so like props to them Mm -hmm. but it was really funny because so that happened which is obviously like thank god he was he got out of the water quickly but they also make like no mention afterwards if he's okay or if he went to the emt or if he had hypothermia or if anything was wrong with him they just were like no we never hear from him for the rest of the episode he usually needs a this medic and then they just left it at that yeah usually if that happens if someone gets medically dq'd from a challenge that's like a big plot point for the episode mm-hmm. and we'll see if they're going to come back to the house if they have to like leave the show yeah or maybe there's an ambulance and they have to go to yeah, go to the hospital reality or something. TV loves an ambulance shot. And maybe <laughs> they just true. didn't want to seem like in the middle of a pandemic, they were frivolously using ambulances for airtime. Oh, maybe. maybe. But we get no mention of like his Yeah, there was no care. resolution <laughs> to that point. I don't know if they just put him under a blanket and were like, you warm enough yet? Like, we don't know. <laughs> so anyways, so that happens. So hopefully Mechie's fine. So Anissa and Fessy win the challenge and TJ's like, I might as well just write you the check now. Like, clearly nobody's targeting you. You can tell TJ's kind of annoyed. Um, yeah. TJ it. hates it when people don't try 100% yeah. always. So the yeah. fact that they just kind of stood there and didn't put any kills anywhere for a while. Well, and just it like, like, took got away from the competition of it. It was like, oh, okay, so we're all just going to sit here until everybody else is gone. Like, we already know where this is going. Like, right. kind of ruined it. So... They win. TJ, they have power TJ again. TJ will always draw attention to that. That's why he's the best host in the oh, business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but they have power again, which also means that they get to keep that secret of knowing who voted for who for another week. Because they didn't tell anybody in the first episode. And they're not going to tell anybody now. Mm-hmm. So they get that power one more week. So two funny things happen before we talk about like the politicking and the elimination and what that's going to look like. There are two really funny things that happen. So first they are going to this club and you see all the girls like gathered around Fessy as he's dancing. And Teresa has a great line where she's like, she's clearly like the older person in this situation that's like observing and being like, this is absurd. But Fessy's dancing around slowly unbuttoning his shirt. And she says, quote, it's the only time you see Fessy have any personality. 
basically. It's harsh. It's it just, harsh. It just eviscerates Fessy. But not wrong. Not wrong. Fessy does not give good quote. We've talked about this before when comparing him to CT. Like, CT gives great quotes, great drama. Fessy's hot, and the girls want to get to, like, know him biblically. Mm-hmm. And they... Gabby says he's nice to look at, but she doesn't know if they'll have anything to talk about. Yes, like, clearly Fessy's, like, an athletic guy, but just, like, dim and doesn't really have much of a personality and, like, not wrong. So we thought that was very funny and important to talk about. Rough episode for Fessy. Now, it was a rough episode for Fessy all around. Um, Now, the other thing was probably my favorite line, because I talk about this all the time, is that Nicole's impossible to understand... Devin's description of Nicole was the funniest thing I've ever, ever heard. He was like, I like my partner, but I, how am I supposed to win if I can't understand a word she's saying? And then they flashed to her. Who's she talking to? Natalie. Talking to Natalie. Saying, um like all kinds of things and sh- you just can't understand anything she's saying. Yeah, shout out to the editors. Yeah, shout out to one. the editors for also putting in the closed captioning. Which was hysterical. Like cuz I like similar to you, half the time no idea what she's talking about. And if you didn't read the subtitles, you really couldn't understand what she was saying when she was trying to say about the partners. It sounded like she was saying about the pornos. Or uh, something about yeah, the pornos. Yeah, I couldn't make out what it was. How do you understand her at all? So he says that, and then he goes, My partner is an incredibly fit baby. He says infant, right? Infant. An incredibly fit infant. Because she's just It's just him and Kyle having like this quiet one on one conversation, and Devin just like can't wrap his head around the fact that this person exists. It is so funny. It's a great. Great little bit, great little moment. I enjoyed it thoroughly. So we just had to bring that up. All right, so now I guess we have to get into, like, the meat of the game, which is Joseph wants to go for Wes. Wes realizes the numbers are against him. And so Wes is trying to get in with the Young Buck Big Brother alliance. It's true, because we know he's been figuring this out on his whiteboard. And so is CT. Yeah, it's on the whiteboard. But now they're all back from this mission, and this mission that CT was watching from the sideline, and Wes, because he was eliminated first, was basically watching from the sideline. They see the whole alliance now, and they know exactly who to talk to. And so CT, like CT and Wes won a challenge together many years ago. I think that was CT's first win, Mm -hmm. was with Wes. And so they clearly have like a relationship after doing all of these so much together. But CT really played this moment as like a, like an annoying little brother moment. Like CT was trying to be the cool, the cool older brother and like talk to these guys and get in and like play it cool. And then like nerdy little Wes, the little brother comes up and is like trying to be cool but isn't and is trying to get in with these guys and asks them just to give him a job. He could be the janitor or he just as well could be the CEO. Just whichever one you need him to do. <laughs> whichever one you prefer. But also, but famously, has never had a job. So he wouldn't know the difference. Janitor, CEO, what does it matter? No. 
So he just wants a paycheck. That's it. And it's so funny because you're watching Fessy and Corey and Nelson all just like stare at him mouths agape because like it's the most they've had to think in probably years listening to Wes speak and strategize and they're just so overwhelmed by it you just see like their brains being unable to compute and they've also probably spent the entire off season like figuring out how they're going to have all the numbers and how they're not going to get screwed by Wes again and they think it's an impenetrable wall yeah but then TJ throws like two twists at them and they're already listening to Wes yeah and it's a tale as old as time Mm -hmm. really song as old as rhyme it really, it's very funny watching it But it happen. is funny to watch. But in the end, though, like, Fessy and Anissa do go around and say, like, we do still want the House to vote for Wes. So Wes doesn't really convince Fessy. No. But, and, so, and Fessy and Anissa are kind of still under the impression that they have the numbers, the House is going to do what they want. They're going to vote in Wes and, uh, Wes and Natalie, and then they can pit whoever they want against them. Now, in the meantime, Big T's been having conversations with Kyle. They have that British thing, the British connection. He, she, Big T, says to um, Kyle that she doesn't want to work with Joseph anymore. She wants a new partner, so she wants to go in. And she so, lets Liv and Gabby know as well. Yes, which is like a another small like part of the house as well, a small little pocket of people and then so while the big brother alliance thinks they have this all under control like you see the parallel to the competition that day is that anisa and fessy are just coasting thinking they can say what they want and it's going to go their way while other people are working to actually make it happen and in the meantime Devin, kyle wes and big t flip the whole house, the whole house vote to vote in Joseph and Big T. And to be fair, Joseph makes it easy because he makes he really the does. stupidest political move during the public deliberation possible. Like Natalie and him are both rookies in this game and you just see how vastly different their minds work when it comes to the politics of this game and how well and not well it can work. It's true. Yeah, Joseph just got schooled at the public deliberations. Oh, yeah. It was, honestly, I had secondhand embarrassment for him. I was watching for him, like, sure. I'm mortified for you. Yeah, and I kept waiting for, like, I waited for Cam to save him because, because I think, because Cam still wants Wes, and, and she just kind of, and she spearheaded the didn't. previous deliberations. Yeah. And she really didn't jump in this time. Um, and just kind of let Wes say his piece, and uh, Wes, in between bragging about how rich he is and how cool and good looking he is, um, all these things up for debate. But in Wes's mind, they're true. Um, but just in a couple words, like gets everybody to laugh, turns everybody against Joseph, turns his words on him, and, and then it, it was just like, effortless. And Natalie's like, "Oh, if you are so tough, Joseph, like go in." And everyone's like, yep. And then Leroy feels all of the embarrassment that I felt probably am more because he was sitting smack dab in the middle of it and was like, all right, let's vote. And like moves to vote right away. And we see the house vote flip and they put in Big T and Joseph and Anissa and Fessy go in and they're shocked. And in the meantime, 
Kyle says to Fessy and Anissa with Tori in the room that he voted for Wes. And then they go into the elimination and see that he hasn't. All right. So we get back to the crater. We're ready for competition. They unveil that it is Big T and Joseph on the line. More so Joseph than Big T because we know it's going to be a men's elimination. But Fessy... I will say TJ didn't say it's a guy's elimination until both teams were down there. I guess So I'm wondering if he's ever going to switch it up on them at some point and do back-to-back guys or back-to-back girls. That would be interesting for sure. Um, that will, We should watch for that. That's a good point. Um, but Anissa and Fessy kind of shock everybody because they know something that the rest of the house doesn't know, which Anissa says and hints at. So I think they know next week it's coming, that that'll come out, um, that you're able to see who voted for who. Mm-hmm. And they send down Kyle because they don't feel like they can trust him, which I don't think is wrong. But it, it actually, I was kind of thinking, is there like some weird reverse psychology there that Kyle and Big T are obviously very close. And so did Kyle do something to get thrown in there so that he could help Big T out? Because he does say in the episode, I'll do whatever it takes to help Big T. So I don't know if there was like some sneaky stuff going on there, Um, but they seem very caught off guard. um, Yeah. I don't, I don't think Kyle was trying to get thrown in. That would be, that'd be Quite, I mean, he has quite, the devi- goal. quite the devious move. If he, I mean, I and, don't think there's any person in the house that doesn't think that Joseph is the weakest guy there. That's a good point. And, like, Kyle could probably only beat about half of these guys in an elimination I mean, round. I actually think Kyle's kind of an underrated competitor in that way. I think he, like, as you and I discussed before, he's gotten injured. He doesn't give up even when he does, like, get hurt in an event or something like that. But, like... Is there something going on there that, like, they got sent down there on purpose? Because, you know, he can beat Joseph. I don't know. It was That was just kind of my little conspiracy theory of the week. And it's possible. Um, but he would have had to, like, make a deal with Fessy then, right? Yeah. To get thrown down there. Maybe. Um, and it's and maybe he was just playing it up like he's against Fessy. Yeah. Because uh, he kind of goes at him at the end. Which I uh, loved. Yeah, so I well, think TJ well, probably did too. Yeah, so we can get into all of that. But, I mean, yeah, the fact that they... Well, Fessy and Anissa, they don't vote in Wes. They vote in Kyle and Nani. Kyle seems stunned by it yeah. and pissed off. And um, Fessy's alliance seemed confused by it. Like Corey and Nelson both said they were surprised that... Um, that he didn't vote in West. So clearly Fessy didn't discuss his plans with a couple of his alliance members. Well, and the other side of so, it is that Fessy had the conversation with Nani about Nani not wanting to work with Kyle either. So, like, when you're in Fessy and Anissa's shoes, y- you pretty much know whomever wins is going to come out. Like, whoever goes against Joseph is probably going to win and come out of that unscathed per se, ideally, like unless Joseph has this secret hidden talent tucked into that container of mustard. Maybe. Like, we don't know. But Fessy had the conversation with Nani. Nani had the, or excuse me, Kyle had the conversation with Big T. So there's things on both sides of that that make me go like, hmm, like is Nani's relationship with Fessy 
on like an alliance level stronger than we think big t and like i don't it didn't seem like that was going on but there's definitely like a lot of layers yeah it's fun trying to figure out like what conversations we don't see yeah like what story are they editing it to show us yeah Um, but i think uh, i mean maybe all of what you're saying is true or partially true i'm a Um, genius perhaps um but i think what i took away is that fessy and anisa got shook that the house didn't vote the way they wanted to oh yeah and they made a panic play to vote in kyle because he lied to them or whatever other thing they could think of and they didn't even well they claimed to have all these numbers but they didn't even bring their alliance into the loop that they were doing that well no and the (laughs) other extra weird thing too is it's another week and this gets really highlighted in the episode that Fessy's like, I'll only go in if it's a headbanger. And he's like, TJ, you don't explain the rules before we go down there, so I'm not going. And it's like, Fessy, it could not be more blatantly obvious that this is a challenge that we've seen time and time again for the last 15 seasons, that there's a pole or a circle in the middle of a larger rope circle, and that you're going to basically have to wrestle this thing away. And so it shows, A, that Fessy's clearly not that bright or good at deductive reasoning to see that because then afterwards she's like, well, I had no idea that's what that was going to be. It's like, no, like it, it just use your brain for like a second and a half and you'd be able to figure it out. And two things like the only things down in that pit were that metal ring and then the three poles on either side. Yeah. And Kyle gets all up on him for it clearly being a wrestling match over this ring. If I saw that, I would have either thought I'm wrestling for this ring or it's ring toss. And ring yeah. toss is a toss-up. Like, yeah. not to... I don't know. That was a great pun. Great <laughs> yeah, job. And I don't know about great, but... Um, Dad jokes coming in early. Whew. <laughs> not pregnant. We're not having a kid. Disclaimer. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. The like three pole thing and, is a different element than we've had before, and it being a ring instead of a. But stick there was only is one ring, and there was, and it wasn't like lined up like you were going to be tossing these things against each other. Yeah, like it clearly looked physical, and I think we're, whether it's, um, Fessy's just uncertain, whether he doesn't trust his skills, whether he's nervous, whether he just wants to be on the show longer. The edit he's getting is that he's scared. Yeah. And the edit he got last season was that he was the next CT. And that is clearly not the case. Because young CT wasn't scared of anything. Mm -mm. And willingly went into elimination. CT isn't really afraid of anything either. Yeah, he's still not scared. But he's just not quite as skilled as he used to be. Yeah. Um, But like Fessy would have destroyed joseph in this but he wouldn't go down there it didn't matter how many tablespoons of mustard joseph had i think Fessy <laughs> i don't know would if he'd eaten that anyway. whole can also why is he what was that little like tub this little, know, like cylinder like if, that he had his and i'm like did he bring in? that with him from the u.s like was that in his carry-on is that <laughs> under three ounces or 1.7 ounces whatever the travel size requirement is like very unclear. Did he bring it with him? Do they have a lot of mustard in Iceland? Like, these were all the questions I had. But he licks the mustard. He said whenever he did motocross, it would help him, his joints and his hands not lock up when he was holding onto the bike. So, Ultimate Beastmaster, Nam, never seen it. No. Olympian Lolo, never seen it. She said maybe that's why she doesn't have 
a medal yet, so we'll see if she incorporates that into her training moving forward. But basically, Kyle pretty much dominates him. Just destroys him. Yeah. Jo- I felt bad for him. Joseph's able to wiggle around a little bit, but yeah, he does get his butt served to him on a silver platter. And then, so Kyle pulls it out. Then Kyle starts puking. Everybody thinks it's blood, but clearly Kyle didn't think he was going into elimination and had like a large meal and probably like a couple shots or vodka Red Bulls or something. I feel like that's what Kyle drinks. <laughs> vodka Red Bulls? That's For your, sure a vodka Red Bull kind of guy. Should we do a guy. separate episode on what we think each cast member's drink of choice is? Potentially. That might be an off-season <laughs> episode. Like match the drink. But that sounds right for Kyle. Yeah, it feels right. So Kyle starts throwing up. People are worried. Then they realize he's just like overeaten before. Yeah. And he said he's getting beers for everybody when he comes back. Yes. And even CT says like, listen, Kyle's a scavenger, which I thought was a great metaphor for him because he really is like he will lie and cheat and steal to like get to the final mm-hmm. um but he so does his, it he pulls it out and he survives and he makes it happen yeah so in his confessionals and that great white turtleneck and oh yeah and that blazer, look i love that look um uh, just telling you how much of a lie how good of a liar he is and how great this twist of secret voting is going to be for his game um unfortunately it was not secret Little voting does he know. yeah but needless to say he's a phenomenal liar and um yeah i do think his scavenging ways are going to they're keeping him around thus far and now he got the chance to infiltrate he didn't stay with nani he didn't pick big t no there's a huge switcheroo here at the end so kyle decides to infiltrate and he clearly sees the way the cards are falling in this game and he picks cam which separates josh and cam which of course Josh throws a hissy fit and he's like, you screwed up my whole game. I really thought I was going to have this whole thing put. And we're, everyone's like, shut up, Josh. And then he starts blaming Anissa and Fessy. And they're like, this is not our fault. Like mm-hmm. we could, we threw him in, but we can't predict what he's going to do at the end of this or who he's going to pick. So Kyle steals Cam. Josh gets his pick of Nani or Big T. Josh picks Nani. They're very close. The chemistry makes sense. So then CT and Big T are partnered together, which mm-hmm. works out in the her two, favor. The two T's. Will they eventually add Nelly T and they'll be Maybe. just a team of three? Just a big bunch of T's, you know? Um, but so, I, I loved how hyped CT was to be with Big T. He, he, knows, did, he knows yeah. what kind of partner he's going to have to be. To fire her up and get her to believe in herself. When he said, I'm going to train her to be a warrior. Like, I'm going to make her a warrior. And I was like, See, you This is the difference it. between Fessy and CT. Fessy yeah. gets Anissa and gets annoyed. CT gets Big T and it's like, I'm going to craft great. her into what I need. Exactly. And that's why, like, as much as they want to, like, Fessy's just never going to be CT. He's just not. Unless not. he, like, gets a brain transplant. It's true. And all that to say, like, I am... F- Really disappointed in Fessy's game. Yeah. But I still don't know how anyone's going to actually get him out of this game. I think he's going to lose numbers quickly here. Cause, and I'm curious, going into next episode, what the... So we had the Big Brother dominating the first episode, Big Brother and Cam and Leroy, and now the Wes and CT strike back this episode. What's going to be... It's just, what's going to come back next be, episode? It's going to have to be someone, when they're in the double agent seat 
throwing whatever plan they have aside when they see it's a puzzle or brain teaser type of game. Oh, to get Fessy out. Yeah, that's what they're going to have to do to get Fessy out. Like, that's... You just have to say, like, whenever I show up and I'm the double agent and it looks like it's remotely a puzzle, I'm throwing him in and hopefully that is what it is. And who knows, maybe that's the week that... um, TJ switches it up and says it's a women's elimination because puzzles are Anissa's strength, which is why it's so important to pick a partner that compliments you. So who do you think, to kind of wrap this up, who do you think left the episode in the best shape? In the best shape? Um, I, think, I still think the people in the best shape, they haven't got a lot of screen time yet, but Leroy and Casey and Corey and Tori, I still yeah. think... They are going to be heard from this season. Those are two... I think those are the two strongest teams. I worry I think about... Devin and Nicole and Wes and Natalie, they're just, like, too far out in front of people right now. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I just think Corey and Tori, Leroy and Casey. I think those are the two most complimentary teams, like, where they fill the voids that each other have. But I do worry about Corey getting cut out of the Big Brother alliance pretty easily and being used as like a sacrificial lamb for them. That's fair. In a way. That's fair. Because um, Tori doesn't really have that many ties to people. Neither, like Corey sort of does, but it's a secondary tier of alliance, I think. You're probably right. Um, it probably would make sense for them to work with Wes, but they won't do it, I don't yeah. think. I think Kyle leaves in a really good position because he got Cam, so he's in on that alliance, and he has a strong female partner who, like, clearly wants it really bad. Like, I know Nani's saying she does, but I just kind of need to, like, see it more in her political game. Um, Next week is women's elimination, so your most vulnerable is probably Amber and Nelson, Liv and Mechie. Yeah, maybe Gabby and Leo. Those are probably the the three women that will get targeted. And, yeah. Because I don't think they're going to come for Natalie. They may come for Big yeah. T just to get CT out. Well, but then he's just a free agent again. Yeah. So I don't think they want to do that. Or it could be a woman that wants a different partner. That's true. Are there any women left who want other partners and are going to ask to get thrown in to get their gold skull? Or will Fessy try to get thrown in to get rid of Anissa? Mm, that's a good point, too. I don't know. I don't think he's that bright. No. I don't think... He's not playing chess. He's, he's not. playing Connect Four. Like, oh. Nelson's playing checkers and Fessy's playing Connect Four at this point. That's what it feels like. I mean, there's no chance... Nelson has more brain cells than Fessy, but I don't know. Maybe they're both playing Connect Four, but they <laughs> they think it's Checkers. Their whole life they've called it Checkers, and nobody's corrected them. <laughs> so, <laughs> on that note, we ended well, on a rude note. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. We're not always that rude, just sometimes. Um. So with that, I think that's the end of episode two. That's all we have to say about it. Episode three is only a couple days away. You have the weekend to catch up on episode zero, one, and two, and give these a listen. Let us know what you think, um, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks so much for listening to Good People, Bad TV.